learning about movies. Learning about movies. Learning about movies. I'm Norman Bates. I'm Norman Bates. I'm Norman Bates. I'm Norman Bates. Spoiler alert! Spoiler alert! Hi, what's up? Hey you. Again. Welcome back. Probably. This is Syndication, Episode 5. I am your host, Tyler Young. Hello. I'm also with two other people. Oh, hi. I'm Devin <laughs> Ellis. And I'm Matthew Bates. Oh, you went with Bates oh. this time. Yeah, it's topical. Yeah. <laughs> so you know how I've talked about my shitty memory. I forgot that we were doing that or that you started doing that until I, like, right before we started recording, <laughs> I started listening to the last episode. And I'm like, oh, right, the couch gag that we were doing. It's good. We, um, I didn't realize it until I was, like, editing it. We had a lot of, like, homoerotic overtones and humor in the last one. Yeah, that was a good amount. Um, I did I did notice that. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Add some flair to it. <laughs> yeah, we started off with a boning joke. That's great. And and I cut your, your raging hard on uh, thing into the opening song. So, you know, one just led right into the other. I thought it was a great artistic choice. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. That's what I'm here for, the art. So, who are we? What do we do? We are three dudes. That's who we are. That's it. Oh, yeah. We watch movies. We watch seminal movies that we've never seen before, and we get educated on film. So, we know what we're talking about with our friends and family when they're like, who the hell is Alfred Hitchcock? And we're like, well, let me tell you. He's the guy who made Psycho. Oh, wait. That's the movie we did this week. So, Matt, <laughs> uh, why did you pick Psycho? Like, why the that hell was, did you pick was... Psycho? It was a great segue, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, so uh, we are, again, friends and viewers at home. I don't know when you're listening to this. I, I hope you're comfortable and happy and enjoying it. But we're recording this in, uh, what, mid to late October? That's a good point. We haven't released one episode yet. That's Devin. my fault. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I realize um, we have to give you money still. But, you know, but just start the, releasing them. By the time I, I'm gonna you keep... listen to it. It'll already be released, so it doesn't matter. So you don't need to call me out on that. <laughs> the point is that it was requested that with with my with my pick that we do a horror or Halloween themed movie. I couldn't think of any good Halloween movies I wanted to watch, so we I I had never seen Alfred Hitchcock before. He's you know s- seminal director, um, the master of horror, and uh, I wanted to see Psycho because it's been referenced and parodied and um ripped off to death uh pun intended and uh yeah i wanted to see it so that's why i picked it <laughs> i thought it was a great choice yeah yeah i was i was satisfied with it it was I, th- I think it was good for the you know the the time of year we're in um it's getting creepy outside in london all the leaves are changing and everything's wet and cold. So about the same. And every year, Jack the Ripper comes back on Halloween and starts murdering people in the streets of London, right? Wah ha ha ha. yeah. Yeah. So I, Is it I, real I, foggy? Is it real foggy there? No, fun fact, London fog is actually an urban myth. What? Uh, really? it, it was the pollution from all of the manufacturing plants. <laughs> oh, that's even better. Kind of it like how smog. it's really polluted today. Uh, yeah, yeah. We did. Did I tell you that? 
Yeah, you enjoying that I, air well, over there? I yeah. read it, and then you told me, and I was like, right, that's right. <laughs> Did just read that. Yeah. Failing, failing international standards left and right. Mm, nice. Right after that awesome exit from the EU. Oh, that's ongoing, cool. my friend. <laughs> uh, so what you what what you drinking, Devin? Uh, me? Oh, I'm starting this time. Uh, I'm drinking coffee because I woke up three hours ago. <laughs> hmm. You woke up one <laughs> o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> I don't. I'm feeling a lot of judgment right now, and I really don't need it. You know, you're right. I shouldn't judge. That's uh, you can wake up whenever you want, even though it's uh. A little distressing that you're waking up so late in the day or maybe you're depressed maybe you're spiraling who knows uh, what it, are it, you it, a jewish mother like <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey matt what you drinking uh i am i'm just drinking a jack and coke uh because that's what i had yeah <laughs> i couldn't think of i'm doing the same thing i couldn't think of anything that would like fit a, the theme for the movie so i'm just drinking uh red wine any um it's a color October of blood themed. so you know that fits right sure uh-huh any That's october a... themed drinks which there are plenty of right now would fit. <laughs> damn it now that you say that that makes total sense and i feel stupid thank you you're welcome uh i'm gonna yeah, so i'm glad i'm just drinking wine i'm not gonna be drinking whiskey so i don't repeat last episode because <laughs> oh my god <laughs> holy shit i liked it i thought it was fun I don't know if anyone listening could tell, possibly. I, I just skimmed through it, so like the the end of it, I was slurring a lot. Yeah. I feel like. So this is my third pledge of the show. <laughs> I'll try <laughs> really hard not to get totally blasted while I'm recording the show. You're making a lot what of if, promises, Tyler. I know. What if, what if when we release this in the comments, the people demand that you get sloshed? Like that's one of their favorite parts. If that turns out to be a thing that people love and it's really uh, entertaining, then yeah, sure, why not? It's on the weekends, you know. I can I can hang. <laughs> if you want to listen to a fucking drunken host just rambling on about nothing. I mean, you so love Dan Harmon's podcast, so <laughs> there is a market for it. Leave That's your true. thoughts in the comments below. There was actually an episode where he got so drunk that he cut out a bunch of the episode because he's like, I can't. I can't hear that. <laughs> I won't do it. All right. So, Psycho, should I just, uh, I don't know, should I just start plowing right into the plot and then we'll we'll just talk about it from there? Well, I, I was actually interested because this is the first time that we've ever watched a movie that one of us has seen before. Um I was curious if you, like, did you write down any of your memories or expectations <laughs> going in? or um... No, because I forgot that we were talking about doing that until <laughs> I caught it real quick. I was just checking out the end of the last episode, and I was like, oh, no, because that was about <laughs> 3.45 that I listened to that. I'm like, well, it's too late. I've already w watched the movie and wrote all the notes and wrote the synopsis out and... Uh, so nope, <laughs> I didn't write down anything. But I will tell you that before I started watching it <clears throat> today, um, I all I could remember was like, uh, again, well, I'll just spoil the movie because who cares? You know, I already said spoilers at the beginning of it, but I already knew about the twist about Norman and his mother. Um, I already knew about the you know the shower scene is so iconic that I knew that before I even watched it the first time. 
Um, and then watching it again, like I knew that pretty much shot for shot. Um, I forgot all about the the framing device for Marion, like her stealing cash and then like uh, absconding with it off to California. And um, I forgot all about the private investigator and the sheriff. Um, I kind of just remember like the murders in Norman Bates himself. Um, and then like the twist at the end, the big reveal. That's pretty much all I knew. Yeah. Did, did you know, the like all the twists and stuff, Devin. Because what what I was amazed. But sorry, I'll let you answer. <laughs> I was wondering that too about about you too. So I went into this with nothing. I had no really, idea. yeah. I, I wasn't even fully aware of like what this film was. The only thing that I recognized was, uh, I think I've seen like a still image of the uh, shower scene, mm. and I knew some of the soundtrack. You know, the classic. <laughs> But that, that was about is, it. That has permeated throughout our culture so much. Right. That, yeah, that like, wah, 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 wah. That's... <laughs> but yeah, other than that, I, I had no uh, no idea where the plot was going. I didn't know about the twist. I didn't even... I, I, I assumed there was going to be murder in it, but I honestly had no experience oh, that's, with, with... That's the, crazy. Because uh, I was yeah. blown away. Like, I've never seen the movie. And I knew every big thing that happened and i didn't realize i knew everything but like it it is referenced (laughs) and and parodied so frequently in popular culture that i was like okay here's the shower scene oh here's the uh the staircase scene um like i knew the twist uh i knew the the i've even like seen i don't know where i've seen it but i've seen a clip of the skeleton turning around at the end um yeah yeah, I don't know uh, how I successfully... I think that's why this movie is such a perfect pick. You know, because it's one of those movies that, like, you kind of know, even though you didn't realize you knew, and then yeah. you go and watch it, and now you start to, like, figure out... You, you watch it from start to finish, and you kind of look it up, and you you figure out, like, what's going on with the movie, and, uh, yeah, I think this was a total perfect pick. Yeah, I don't know. I... I, I... Uh, was like I hate this. I think it would have been a lot more fun if I'd gone in totally blind. It was. Uh, I I was a little bored sometimes because like they pull up right at the beginning, or not they. Uh, Marion pulls up right at the beginning, and she sees, you know, in in quotation marks, uh, Mrs. Bates in the window. Yeah. And I think that's the moment that's supposed to sort of throw you off for the rest of the movie. Because that's the moment you see, like, oh, there, I, I, as the viewer, saw a woman in the window. Like, she has to exist. Yeah, there is a woman somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, like, I was just like, oh, that's just Norman. <laughs> like, dressed up as his mom. Like, <laughs> right off like, the bat, you're like, oh. Immediately I knew what it was. Because uh, I must have had that information nested in my brain somewhere. Hmm. Um, and it kind of, like, it was still fun to watch. But it, it did kind of ruin the suspense. Yeah, it, it fooled me. I didn't wow. know. I was I was surprised. That's at the cool. End. I was and hoping at least one of you would be fooled by it. That was me. <laughs> <laughs> You've been fooled. So let's. I, I jump honestly right don't into know it, how I successfully haven't been exposed to the major plot points in the film for so long. I might have and just like didn't realize it or didn't put it together. I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure you've seen it parodied a bunch and probably didn't realize where it was coming from. Yeah, it must be. 
I will say, like, since we started the show, like, I've, um, like, uh, Close Encounters, like, I've seen that now reference a bunch of times since we've seen the movie in the first episode, a bunch, and I was like, oh, shit, that's, you know, that's Devil's Rock, that's Close Encounters, and I didn't, you know, I wouldn't have known that, I wouldn't have picked it up unless I had, you know, seen the movie with you guys, so I'm like, oh, the podcast's paying off. <laughs> Becoming slightly more literate in film. <laughs> in film, yeah. Not exactly literate, but... <laughs> All right, so let's get into the, the plot then, and we can start... Uh... Plot me, bro. I wrote a lot. Like we're, we're already like, what, 12, 13 minutes into the show, and we haven't started it yet, and I wrote a lot, so I'll see if I can uh, paraphrase as we go, even though I already paraphrased this. All right, so we open in Phoenix, Arizona, uh, where two lovers, Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee, and Sam Loomis, played by John Gavin, are getting dressed after some afternoon delight. <laughs> they're, they're, they're involved the in a long-distance relationship. Yeah. Bumping uglies. So, like, going in blind, they're involved I was in first a long... analyzing that first scene where I thought, like, Oh, is is Sam like the psycho? Is he like the main person in this film? Like I knew nothing, <laughs> and so I was like analyzing <laughs> him and everything like that. But uh, I, I I found out late, you know, figured it out. Like obviously. right off the bat, you're trying to pick up clues. <laughs> yeah, because I was I don't know. <laughs> it just seemed. I guess I had like American Psycho in my mind, and he kind of mm. seemed like a Christian Bale type character, um, who had great hair, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so these two, they're involved in a long-distance relationship. They can't get married and move closer to each other due to Sam's crippling debt. Why does that stop Mary... them from getting married? I didn't, I didn't understand that plot point. I couldn't really understand that either, other than like maybe Sam's embarrassed. Like, what are we gonna do? Live in the back of the hardware store? Like, I can't, I can't like support a family. We can't have a kid. I can't pay for a good wedding. You know. I think he wanted to do all the all the traditional marriage and family things, but he's like, I'm in debt. I can't do it, so let's say fuck it, I guess. <laughs> all right. Whatever. Plus, they, they're in a long-distance relationship, so I think, like, just the, like the, uh, the reality of trying to, like, move closer together and then the marriage itself um, didn't seem feasible at the time. You know what it was, Matt? They needed motiv. They needed motivation for Marianne to steal the money. I think that must that's be the true. only reason. That's exactly no. I know that. I know that's why he had debt. And fair enough. I know. Like that's that is why they did it. It's like a, a really ham-fisted way of giving her, um, like a drive, a goal. That's what you would call a contrivance. <laughs> um. Yeah, I just like to forewarn everybody. I'm like, uh, NaNoWriMo's coming up. So I've been like staring at um, story circles, like Dan Harmon's story circles all week. So like, that's what was on my brain when I was watching this. Uh, so I'm probably going to reference that a lot. But His unified storytelling theory? Yeah, like his his interpretation of the monomyth. Um, I've been reading that too. I've been, well, looking into his... Um that circle and the way that that like um story structure goes it's actually really fascinating yeah yeah i have it printed out up on my wall but like i get it fair enough that's what like marion is in a zone of comfort marion wants something and like her wanting that 
her her wanting Sam or whatever his name is is what sort of drives this entire movie. But like I didn't really understand. Like you're already sleeping together. Um, why does it have to be a secret? Neither of you is married. It is. The 1960s. You know what I mean? I guess. Well, so like this movie itself was really controversial when it came out. Like number one, because of that scene in the beginning, like, Oh my God, the we're seeing a woman in a bra. Like that was a huge deal. And the fact that, um, it was an unmarried couple seen in a bed together was a huge deal. So for that movie to come out and be so controversial, I can understand those characters being like, we, we can't just be like hanging out, you know, fucking without being married. Like this is, you know, this ain't cool in the, in today's society. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe it was just a different time. Oh yeah. The fact, so I read that even the fact that they showed a toilet in the movie, a toilet was weird because they're like, it's, that's uncouth to see in film. That's right? weird. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't even. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what All to say right. to that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I knew that I knew the shower scene was very controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't find any of the rest of it super controversial. Paramount but, you know, didn't whatever. Paramount didn't want to do the movie at all. Alfred Hitchcock had to go through many, many, many hoops to get it even made. They're like, no, won't do it. No. Cuz it's based off a novel and they're like, we read the novel, we hate it. It's gross. We don't want to do a movie about Ed Gein, basically. Well, and, and he's like, "But this is people will love it. It's it's out there. It's different." And they're like, "No, it's gross. We don't we don't want like this like sex murder movie being made under our name. No, thank you." Do you know how it did? Like uh, commercially, Critic, critics were mixed on it at first. Um, audiences, I mean, like they made a ton of money right off the bat. Audiences loved it. But like critics are like, I don't know. It's really, it's really out there. You know, it's it, they weren't used to it because Alfred Hitchcock was becoming a household name at that point. But he was doing like um, thrillers at the time. No, no, like uh, this is basically like a proto slasher film. Yeah, uh, hadn't hadn't really been done before, and so everyone's like shocked and they're like, I, I don't know what to make of this. This is kind of like fucked up. I don't know if we should like this movie or not. It's really, it's really dark. <laughs> People weren't used to it, but then like you know, as years went by and it was like reflected upon critics, you know, like more modern critics were like, no, 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 this is a, a really historical, um, instrumental movie in the way that like movies are made today. But uh, okay. yeah, at the time it was, it was else... controversial, controversial, mixed. People didn't know how to feel about it. Um, okay, so that's the that's the drive that that marriage, getting married to Sam. Uh, so Marion heads back to where she works at a real estate agency, where a creepy cartoonish business mogul drops <laughs> off a cash payment of forty thousand dollars on a house for his daughter. Uh, Devin, were you saying something? You're breaking up a lot. Uh. No. <laughs> Did you just hear me just now? Barely. It's it's really scratchy and and broken up, but cuz there seems to be like a massive delay between me and you for some reason. Oh, now I can hear you. Yeah, there's a delay between me, you, Matt. Uh We're making it work. It's cool. Anyways, so uh Marion's boss instructs her to drop off the payment at the bank, the $40,000. 
she decides, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna leave early. Oh, I got a headache. I'm just gonna head home. I'm gonna drop off this money on the at the bank on the way home, and she takes off. She takes off with the money, steals it from that that creepy dude who was hitting on her like a like a gross dude, and heads mm. off to Fairvale, California, where Sam lives, uh, so she can give him the money and they can get hitched or hitchcocked. Because of the wedding night. Right. And Alfred Hitchcock. So, you know. Right. Yeah. I'm going to pat myself on the back. I get it. (laughs) So along the way, she gets harassed by a highway patrol officer and uh, makes a bit of a scene when she stops at a dealership to trade in a car and pay the difference for a new one in cold hard cash. Uh, She only pays $700, but with inflation, that's the equivalent of today. Someone showing up with 5,000 bucks in her hand going like, I want this car right now. I was wondering what Which what that equated to. I meant to look that up. The forty thousand uh, dollars today would be around three hundred thousand dollars. That sounds um, about right. Yeah. All right, that, Tyler. And that payment was five thousand bucks. Yeah, the it, whole scene seemed... with the uh, um, police officer and then her going in and buying that car, you know, with cash. Like, she couldn't have been more suspicious looking. <laughs> she went about that oh, yeah. horribly. I thought. She was a very Actually, bad I wrote criminal. this down. Oh, yeah. I wrote this down, the actual the actual lines, because I thought it was really fucking funny. The the patrol officer is like, Are you um Is something wrong? Is is something happening? She's like, Am I acting like something's wrong? Frankly, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. I really love that that like interaction. The cop was just like, you were acting weird. She's like, what? Yeah. Really? You think I'm acting weird? Yes. <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> yes, I do. That's why I asked. Yeah, he was a very reasonable police officer. And she was acting like oh, a crazy by the way, lady. Um, she was. Yeah, she was not hiding it very well at all. Um, by the way, I don't know if you knew this, but Alfred Hitchcock likes to show up in um, almost all of his films. And uh, he cameos in this right in the very beginning um right outside the real estate agency i saw that outside the window yeah 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 it's him and the reason he did it so early is because he's like look i know by now people are gonna be looking for me just like stan lee today (laughs) it's like i know people are gonna be looking for me so i'm gonna do it right in the beginning so people can like oh there he is and then pay attention to the rest of the movie that is interesting Uh, so yeah uh, so Marion makes it about 15 miles out from Fairvale, where a storm picks up and the sun has gone down. Which I love this scene, by the way, where she's like listening, she's she's thinking about what everybody around her is thinking and doing. We don't really know if that's actually what's happening, if those conversations are really happening, but that's her picturing what must be going on since she decided to uh, steal all that cash. Yeah, I thought it was just in her head. Um, just what she, you know, she's running down the scenarios on what she thinks is going to happen as a consequence to her actions, which I also, I wrote this down as well. I really loved the whole internal dialogue that she was having with all the, all the people she knew she would be affecting and stuff like that. I thought that was really cool. Well, what I loved about it was it set up, uh, Norman and his mother later. It's the exact same device that they use for the mother's internal dialogue for Norman. Oh yeah. Um, which, like, you know, like, from just, like, a film structure point of view, um, makes him not so alien. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. That's cool. It's a good little... It's good picking yeah. up on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got you, buddy. 
I also really liked the way that they showed from her point of view how hard it was to see the road with the rain. Mm-hmm. Have you guys ever driven in rain like that? Oh, yeah. It yeah. is just as terrifying, and you have no yeah, visibility you, at all. You have your windshield wipers on as fast as they can go, and you still can't see anything. Or like the rain's hitting the road so hard that it's like kicking up rain like clouds almost. So you just like everything looks kind of foggy and, and gray. Yeah, that's scary. Which is I cool because then. Over. Yeah, exactly. So like <laughs> that really shows like why she would pull off in the CD motel after she had just. And the fact that she got harassed by that cop before for sleeping on the side of the road gives her enough motivation to like, I'm going to stop at this creepy ass motel on the side of the road kind of off, of, you know, in the middle of nowhere because. She's thinking about all the, like, what's happening since she stole the money. So she's already distraught from that. She can't see. They clearly showed that. And she already got harassed by a cop um, for sleeping on the side of the road. So it kind of all, this all, it may seem a little contrived. But I thought it was really cool. Kind of like the way that Breaking Bad really showed, like, why Walter White would do something so uh, out of character, I guess. Like, from the way he's presented. Like, it seemed like... Everything worked to make it make sense that she would stop at at Pate's motel and stay there for the night, and like seemingly late at night. Um. Uh, so she decides to pull in an out of the way motel with a large dark house looming over the grounds. The cheery, unassuming proprietor Norman Bates, played by Anthony Perkins, gives her a room and offers a dinner of sandwiches and milk, which sounds. I don't. Kind of weird. <laughs> Why is everyone eating sandwiches? That's like the only food in the entire film is just sandwiches. <laughs> Were there Would more? you ever eat anything else? I don't. It just se- it seemed weird. Like the the opening scene, uh, with um, uh, her and Sam, right? And he's talking about her food, and it's just like it looked like a fluffernutter sandwich, honestly, sitting on the dresser. I don't remember that. It's all sandwiches. That's all they ate in the in the 1960s. Because Devin. A sandwich has more than just what you can see from the outside. It has things going on inside. <laughs> it's a way of storytelling, storytelling, Devin, because you start with bread, right? Which is like how the movie's set up. Mm-hmm. Then you have yep. all of the mm-hmm. meat, right? Where that's where all the action happens. That's where all the yep. change happens. Right. That's okay. where all the uh, the excitement and the spices go. Mm-hmm. And then you you fall back around to the other piece of bread where you're like, back to where you started from but you've oh. learned a lot along the way yeah it's true it's I a thought, circle devon I, I thought it was just a sandwich that was my mistake i, I apologize <laughs> yeah it was your mistake <laughs> yeah nothing is exactly how it seems on the surface you really need to learn to read between the lines or the breads as i like to say basically <laughs> tyler and i have really done the homework and we're now movie experts and i'd really like you to put in the same amount of effort and catch up okay next time. yeah devon you need to learn to read between the breads Thank you. Thank you, Tyler. That was eloquent. <laughs> uh, so, uh, so Norman heads up to the house to get the food, and Marion overhears an argument between Norman and his mother, who uh, lives as an invalid up there. She seems wildly jealous of this new woman and berates Norman for fixing up dinner for her. Because he's got no guts. Dear Jeff. Uh, so, do, do you do you guys? I couldn't decide whether or not that was the actor doing her voice or whether they got a female voice actor. It's not Anthony. Do you Burns. know? It's an actual okay, female it's not. actor. It did. It did feel like cheating a little bit. Yeah, it did really. I'd be impressed if that was Anthony Perkins, but no, it's. Um, I actually 
forgot to write her name down, but it, it, it's a completely different person. Like that was her role as Norman's mother. I went back and who did an amazing job, especially with that monologue at the end. Yeah, that was good. I thought he did a good job too. Norman, hell yeah, yeah, yeah. Norman. I thought he carried off a pretty insane and difficult role pretty well. Like I really bought him as both, um, like conflicted rage monster and as like friendly, you know, hotel proprietor. Yeah, and actually that was um, the way his character is structured like that was set up by um, I forget his name now. I also didn't write that down by the scriptwriter and uh, Hitchcock himself. They they. This is adapted from a novel, but in the novel, Norman Bates is like an overweight, middle-aged drunk who uh, is more like Ed Gein, I guess. Yeah, he's really unlikable. He seems kind of psychotic from the get-go, where they're like, no, 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 no. Let's, let's make it seem like the audience might actually believe that this guy is not committing murders. Maybe it is really his mother. Um, we're going to make him seem likable. He's going to be really like um, like clean-cut. He doesn't drink. He's not outwardly psychotic. He seems very friendly. Um, oh, to I make like it this seem... way better. Oh yeah. In in the novel, do you know? Um, I'm getting a little ahead of ourselves, but do you know if Marion dies about when she dies in the movie? Way earlier. Earlier. Yeah, she's out of the 17 chapters. She's only in two. Um, and she gets beheaded in the shower. What? Oh, <laughs> yeah. I thought that was a really um and, and I don't I don't know if you want to just skip straight to this in the plot, but like Marion dies. Yeah. Like what, forty minutes into the film? Um Which is like she's our main character. So this yeah. was um a big point of the movie with the marketing. There's this I don't know if you've seen pictures or not. I don't know how much you looked up, but like uh, there are like movie posters for it with just Alfred Hitchcock. It says like Psycho, and then Alfred Hitchcock is standing there and he's pointing at his watch, going, "When you watch this movie, you have to see it from the beginning all the way through." And he mandated to theaters when people showed up, like if anyone shows up late, they can't watch that viewing of the movie. They have to watch it from the beginning. If they show up late, they have to wait for the next viewing because they didn't want anybody to get. Um, spoiled on what's happening because uh mm-hmm. uh oh, god damn it what's her name um boop, 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 boop. janet lee was billed as the main character so everyone thinks that's our hero we're going to be watching her for the entire movie and it was kind of like the setup of like so that's her you know so like when this shower scene happens you're supposed to you, as a viewer you know especially 1960 like oh she's going to make it out you know kind of like, right. like a like a ned stark like oh someone's going to come in and save her She's the hero of the movie. We're only like half an hour in. She's fine. And then she gets killed. And it just throws everyone for a loop. Like, holy shit. Like, what do we do now? Like, that that was our <laughs> heroine, you know? Like, yeah. That's what happened to me. When I was when I was watching that and I saw her die, I was like, what? There's no way. Like, she's, she's the <laughs> character that I'm following. Like, what are they going to do now? Where's the rest of the movie? I kept so, thinking she was, like, not really dead and was going to come out of the trunk or something like that. And then when Surprise! She went under, and then when she went underwater, I was like, yeah, she's probably not coming back from that. <laughs> it took that I was long. Kinda, like, honestly, I was kind of disappointed. Maybe she'll climb out of the trunk. Yeah, I, it, it was... Um, 
like I I think it's necessary that Norman be more likable, um, because if he was unlikable, I already struggled after after Marion died. Um, and again, I don't want to like get too ahead of plot, but like, no, go ahead. It kind of becomes scattered, and every time you think you're about to glom on to a new character that's going to provide the backbone of the movie, they die. <laughs> I guess not every time, um, just the 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 private investigator. Twice. Yeah, yeah. Um. And and I really did feel like the end of the movie was kind of scattered. Like I don't think it had the same drive or or sort of clarity of vision that the first half had. Um. And I think it would have been even worse if Norman Bates were like overweight and creepy, because mm. like at the end of it, you know, again, like I'm sorry, I'm looking at like story circles. Like, who's the person that wants something? And is trying to get that thing and like paying a price for it. Um, your best guess, like at that point, is Norman. I guess like Marion had a very clear arc. She she wanted to get the money, to get married, so she entered like you know the realm of the unknown. Um, but then she wasn't sure that she could pay the price for it, so she was thinking about returning to her her sort of like zone of comfort. That's an arc. I, I understand what that character's doing. I don't know what... Nobody else in this movie really has an arc. <laughs> so, what, I'm thinking there's two arcs. There's, there's two circles. The first one being Marion, but her circle gets cut off halfway through by Norman. And then it shifts over to Sam and Lila, who actually get to complete their arc, which is just they want to find Marion. And then they go through their arc of figuring out what happens and then resolving it by getting Norman. And they don't exactly get what they want, except, well, they do, because they, they find they out resolution. what happens. Yeah. Yeah, so, like, yeah. the first half of the movie, I latched onto it. I latched onto Marion, and then it was, like, a horror movie, you know what I mean, as I know it. But the second half, um, when Sam and Marion's sister started trying to figure out what was wrong it was kind of exciting for me I, I was like this is like you know a classic like mystery sort of situation you know what i mean yeah they, just, they go back to the hotel they're like we're gonna solve this you know by by any means necessary and i thought that was really fun me too and with that i say we go into intermission because we're about halfway through the plot actually we're kind of already getting to the end of the plot but um yeah let's go into we can say marion just died <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back. We were talking about Psycho, and uh, we... Ma Marion's dead. Oh, shit. Marion just died. Um, with that iconic shower scene, the... Wee, 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 with everyone's favorite music, Matt's throwing <laughs> up gang signs, and I'm not sure why. <laughs> I'm a psycho, man. That's what oh. they call me on the streets. That's my street gang name. Because you're a juggalo. You're into insane clown posse. Psycho. Sure. Psychopathic records. <laughs> I'm just supposed to always say yes and improv, right? <laughs> yes and. So yes and is the improv like golden rule, but I also think it should be yes and or no but. 
yes and blah, 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 let me add to it. No, but alternatively, blah, 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 blah. All right, yes, I am a juggalo, and I breed dachshunds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you breed dachshunds? I also do that, but uh, I do it so I can eat them, because I eat dogs. I like how Matt's backstory is expanding. More episodes we go in. Matt Bates? Matt Bates. Oh, so it kind of almost sounds inappropriate. Matt Oh, it totally does. (laughs) If my middle name was Er. Mm, Another dick joke. (laughs) Out of five episodes. Hey, you don't need a dick to masturbate. Plenty of ladies masturbate. You know what? You're right. I'm sorry. That was a micro. That was sexist. Let me mansplain how much of a vagina you are see not another dick joke you're such a white knight man i really look up to you <laughs> your horse is so high and you're right why on top is, of it why is it gotta be white why can't it be a multicultural mixed race horse shit see another microaggression i really need to check myself bro thank you thank you <laughs> this is getting out of hand <laughs> <laughs> so before Marion's death in the movie she's talking to norman and uh, Norman reveals like his whole story about um, his mother being psychotic, and but he doesn't want to put her in a home. And he kind of shows his psycho side a bit. You see flashes of it. And part of that, I don't know if this is like a motif, a thing with Alfred Hitchcock, but there are taxidermied birds everywhere. That's like Norman's thing, apparently, his hobby. Is that, I mean, birds came out after this, I think. Think. I'm pretty sure it did because I think he only did a couple of movies before this. I don't know if like he has Alfred Hitchcock has birds on the brain, but like a whole bunch of birds show up in this, and then there's birds itself. I bet you, if we watch more Alfred Hitchcock movies down the line, maybe birds show up again. Like I don't know if that's his thing, but I don't know. Thought that was mildly interesting. It was also a lot of foreshadowing to how he cared for his mother's corpse to keep. Her. Oh shit! Like, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You just got that. Yep. <laughs> Slow on the uptake. <laughs> Welcome to the conversation, Tyler. <laughs> Shut up, guys. I hate you so much. Um, which, yeah, I mean, that was that was creepy in and of itself. I was kind of, like, when I first met, when I first saw Norman, uh, I actually really liked him. I was like, oh, he's actually, like, because the setting with like the creepy house and the creepy motel, I was like, okay, he's, she's going to meet someone who's really creepy. And then he seemed like this really nice guy for the first like two minutes um, <laughs> of their conversation. And then he slowly... I mean, I think he was a really nice guy for the first two minutes. Yeah, he, he was, right? And so I like was completely like, okay, maybe it's someone else or they're going somewhere else with it. And I think that successfully threw me off of like, you know, the plot twist with the mother. But um, I uh, when he started talking about his mother and like the real creepy sort of um uh, feelings that he had about that was uh, was starting to come out um that was that was kind of sketchy and then he had like the weird peephole scene which was really yep. creepy <laughs> i'm like why that is was that the there? first true sign of like okay this guy's not right right <laughs> not on the level yeah something's going on um and then of course you know Marion dies. One thing I did note is uh, when she died, and they did that zoom in scene, zoom out scene on her eye, lying on when she was lying on the bathroom floor. Iconic. She has really good dead eyes. That wasn't a dummy, right? 
That was just her. Really? I saw her move. Really? I didn't. I see, didn't see her move. I didn't see her move. I thought it looked really good. I thought she had like the blank out of focus stare, and I thought she had that down. If it, I it wasn't specifically was waiting for her to move. I'm like, okay, is she gonna? Every time I see, I don't know if this is a weird thing I do or not. If other yes. people do it, but whenever I see a dead yes. body move, okay, <laughs> yeah, I do that. Too. I like I stare at them to see if they breathe or move or twitch, and she did slightly before they pant, like they cut away. Really? I, to the people at home, anytime Tyler ever says, I don't know if this is a weird thing that just I do, uh, the answer is always yes, <laughs> it is. Usually. Like um, when I eat human hair. I mean, like that's a thing that a lot of people do, right? Eat human hair. And dachshunds. And breed dachshunds. To eat no, them. you eat the dachshunds. To eat them, right. Yeah. yeah. They are wiener dogs. You just like them with relish and mustard and ketchup. I mean, wait. So, are you saying hot dogs aren't wiener dogs that are put in casings? You don't. You don't want to know how the sausage is made. <clears throat> I'm not talking about sausage. I'm talking about hot dogs, which are all lips and assholes, apparently. <laughs> uh. Well, let's uh, let's get back to the movie, shall we? Not talk about <laughs> how weird I am. You guys are ridiculous. <laughs> so after this, Mary- is, this is a really laser focused episode, guys. We're, <laughs> your we're nailing it tonight. Your tangents flow so far from. <laughs> this is what I wanted. Not even just started. this plot, but like reality in general. <laughs> this is what I was fighting for when we first started. Like I like. I like having the backbone of like talking about the plot of the movie and then branching off from there, but I love tangents so Into much. Eating dachshunds with mustard. And <laughs> I was yes anding relish. and relish. And relish. Dachshund breeding. You have to say yes and, Devin. Relish and mustard. Oh. <laughs> relish, yes, and mustard. <laughs> uh, so, so, Tyler, so what happens after Mary? I was dies? like, Matt, you breed dachshunds? <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a thing I also do, and I eat them. <laughs> yes, and what happens after she dies? Uh, a week later, Marion's sister Lila, uh, played by Vera Miles, <laughs> finds Sam <laughs> and explains that Marion has been missing uh, after she ran off with the stolen cash. They are met by the private investigator, Detective Milton Arbogast, played by <laughs> Martin Balsamwood. <laughs> It's almost like his name is Rotwang. <laughs> did, did either of you guys notice, uh, so the scene where, where Sam works, uh, right when Marion's sister comes in, uh, there's a customer complaining. Well, she's not complaining, but she's being ridiculous with the shopkeeper. She's buying, like, insecticide, yeah. and she's, like, asking if it Wants can- to make sure they don't feel any pain. <laughs> yeah. I love as someone who's worked in retail for years before, <laughs> I appreciated that very much. <laughs> and it's good to know that people have always kind of been the same. <laughs> yeah, me too. Uh it reminded me of like when I was working at Whole Foods when a woman was like, How come these eggs are broken all the time? Like, oh ma'am, that's because they're eggs. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh where am I? Blip 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 blip. Arbogast. Uh so he's brought in because he's separately uh, investigating the theft itself, not really like, well, I guess Marion being missing kind of tangentially because he's looking for the cash. Uh, he tells them to hang back while he goes a-searching. Uh, after checking a bunch of hotels, I'm sorry, motels, he finally gets a lead when he questions Norman Bates and the story starts to unravel. 
because Norman Bates is terrible at keeping a story straight. He's terrible at keeping his composure when he's questioned. He's crazy. He has two people living inside his head. That's fair. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. Uh, So Arbogast leaves uh, and gives Sam and Lila a call to update them on the lead he's just picked up on. Because he's like, this is it. This is what's like. She's either here being hidden by Norman or something bad has happened here. Or at least she might have left. But at least Norman knows more than he's letting on. Um. He then returns and breaks into the Bates' home to search for Norman's mother, who may have more answers to Marion's whereabouts. However, once he reaches the top of the stairs, he is murdered by the mother by being stabbed to death. And we've already... I wrote this Quote trying unquote. to keep... The, yeah, I, I wrote this trying to keep the <laughs> the, the, the spoiler like, under wraps, what we like blew it right We're in the beginning. We're way past that. I think I blew it right in the beginning, so it doesn't matter. The mother, quote-unquote. I mean, okay, we don't have to talk about it. That, because we already ruined it. But can we talk about how amazing the direction is on this entire scene? The death the de- scene? He, uh, everything, from the moment he comes into the house. There's like, he comes up the stairs and the camera follows him and then cranes up and rotates. So now you're looking straight down, top yes. down view. And then she runs out and you see her like running from one room to another and, and killing him right there. Like, oh. And then, and then the camera follows him as he falls down the stairs. It's like a chess cam or something. Oh, it's all so good. Like yeah. I know it's been done. It's been, it's been copied to death. But like, ugh, oh, it's amazing because of this movie, though. You know, like you yeah. have to keep that in mind. Yeah. You, you, like at least for me, like those those were some of the moments where I was like, okay, this is why Hitchcock's famous. This is why you know, like I knew that. This is why I thought I had to watch one of his movies, because that was some top-notch direction. Absolutely, and the, and the way that like when he falls on the ground, he's still not dead, and then like you know Norman as a mother like runs up and like eh, eh, and like finishes the job. Really creepy. Probably would have been even creepier if I hadn't known it was just Norman. I didn't know. I thought it was pretty creepy. <laughs> so you didn't know the entire See, time up until the very end, right? Up until the very end, like I. As far as what they wanted the audience to uh, perceive for the entire film, I was right in the palm of its hand. Wow. So, so for me, there was very little tension when... Uh, what's Marion's uh, sister's name? Lila. I, Lila. When Lila was up in the house, zero tension. Because there's only one person at that motel. You know, I knew. Me too. Um, which I felt really ruined it. But for you, like there was a clear and present danger for her. Yeah. Because crazy killer mom could pop out at any moment. The, the entire time. It was it was pretty. I mean, I knew she was in the cellar, you know, because he, she had been, quote unquote, carried there, you know, before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, that whole, that whole scene was had a lot of tension, at least for me. And the, the mirror scene, when she looks into the mirror in the mother's room, and then mm-hmm. she sees herself reflecting back from the other mirror that was behind her. That. I jumped so high <laughs> from that scene. That was a very successful jump scare for me. <laughs> Even though you kind of see it ahead of time, and then like the music kicks in, and then you're like, ah. It's funny, like that scene, that scene didn't scare, like give me a jump scare like that. But I saw it, and I was like, oh my god, I've done that to myself so many times. Mm. I just like I, I see in a mirror my own reflection, and just like, oh fuck. 
I have an uncle who likes to tell a story about one time when he was in high school and he saw, he was like at a restaurant and he was on the football team in this small town and he saw somebody else with a letter jacket and he like wanted to be cool. So he didn't want to look directly at this guy. So he's like walking at the bat to the bathroom and he just kind of goes like, Hey, <laughs> and like ran directly into the mirror that you thought he thought he was passing a guy in a hallway, but it was him. And he just ran into a mirror. Was he just looking at the jacket and not the dude's face? AKA. Yeah. I think face. he was like, he was trying to like be cool and like not make eye contact and just like, Hey, Hey, what? Hey man. Uh, but like not look at him and then just ran into the class. <laughs> Which is weird. Cause doesn't that mean he would have ran into the guy had there not been a mirror there? Yeah, I don't know exactly how the logistics work. <laughs> Maybe it was angled or something. That is pretty funny, though. Totally unrelated to this movie, though, so I apologize for digressing. No, I love digressions. Keep them in. So did anyone else notice Tangent. that the uh, when Sam and Marion's sister, who I never remember the name of, <laughs> when they went Lila. to the... the Isla. Lila, Lila. When they went to Isla. The, the sheriff's, was he a sheriff or a deputy? Yeah, he was a sheriff. Oh, oh, no, no, after yeah, yeah. after Arbogast dies. Yeah, he's a sheriff. Yeah, so they, when they went to his house and they called the Bates Motel, when the wife picked up, like, she knew the operator by, by name, it seemed like. Like, there's just one woman who was just, like, helping direct. It's a adults. small town, bro. It's a small town. No, but I liked it. It was the little thing. <laughs> yeah, I like that, too. It, because it's a small town too, like I like that the sheriff knew Norman and the story about the mother and Sam. Oh, yeah. right. The so we find out at the end of the movie that we're told the whole movie, or it's alluded to, that um, that Norman's mom murder suicided her boyfriend. And then at the end, it's revealed that Norman killed them both. Right. Uh, how is it that the police did not investigate him at all? <laughs> like, that never occurred to anybody. Hey, maybe it's not a murder-suicide. Maybe we should check the kid. Well, how long ago was it? it was Before, like, like the, the movie yeah, takes how, place? Yeah. It was like how, 10 years or something, I think. Yeah, so wouldn't he yeah. have been... I mean, he was pretty young in the film. Like, maybe he was... You know, like a teenager at the time. Has anyone it's seen also... the prequel show Bates Motel at all? N- no, I have not. Do you guys know it exists? I I know it exists. I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't so watched it. In that show, yeah, the main character is like late teens, early twenties, maybe. And that's normal. I don't supposedly? know. Yeah, okay. I don't know how that story goes, but presumably, presumably, uh. Norman kills his like poisons his mother and her lover at the same time. Uh, what happened to his dad? Because it also alludes to his dad dying in a really gruesome way, which made me wonder: like, did Norman kill the dad? Did the mom kill the dad? Yeah, I noticed that too. I was I was wondering the same thing because at first, so it, when they alluded to it, I was like, oh, so he killed his own father or something like that, or the mother killed it. Went back when you thought it was it was still the mother who was crazy. As far as I know, from like I saw the first few episodes of the show because I had seen Psycho before that and I, I knew all about it. I didn't watch very much, just a, a few episodes. But from what I remember, the mother kills her husband, hmm. um, the the father, 
and that kind of like really influences really affects the psyche of of norman and kind of like well it, yeah right yeah but like shows like okay like you know the murder is something that like my mother's capable of, capable of doing maybe it's not like permissible but it's like it's a thing you can do <laughs> she got away with it so maybe i can you know that would make sense so, for us to carry over when he assumes her identity in his own mind yeah yeah, that she was already murderous. So, yeah. like, maybe, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, the other thing that I actually wanted to ask you guys about was when Lila, yeah? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when Lila was uh, first discovered uh, Norman's room, like, obvious, it's a children's room, right? Like a young child's yeah. room, yeah. which was creepy. creepy in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, but she goes over to like the record player and she looks, I don't know, like freaked out that there's like a Beethoven record in there. Yeah. yeah I thought that was that, weird. Why, I don't know. I couldn't I understand why that, that was too. weird. Right. Like, okay, he listens to Beethoven and she's like, oh no, that's like a, what a psychopath would listen to or something. Like, I don't, <laughs> just, I don't understand why that was put in there. It's a clear sign of a psychopath. <laughs> <laughs> Have you guys, there's, so out in the, in the ether, um, there's like this, uh, psychoanalytic theory about the house cause it has three levels and Freud's idea of the human psyche was that it had three levels. Um, hasn't Freud been like largely debunked, like most of his theories? Yeah, but psychoanalysis are still around, um, anyway, I, like basically the idea is that his mom is on the top level, which is like the super ego. It's the idea of what you should do. Mm-hmm. Um, and the entry level is the ego, which is like um, it's logical impulses. Like you still do things regardless of mor- morality, but you do them in a logical way instead of just like running is- headfirst at a wall. Like the ego is influenced by the super ego, it's it's almost like the ego is a mix between. It's like the id being tempered by the super ego. It's not even necessarily being tempered by the super ego because, or because it still wants the same things as the id. Um, so like, the id wants to have sex. Let's say it's like your lizard, and the e- right? Like your right, and then the ego will say like, the best chance I have of having sex is if I don't run over there and try and rape that person on the street, but if I go over and have a conversation instead. If that makes sense. No, that makes sense. And then the superego is the one that says, like, you know, God and society say I shouldn't have sex before marriage. Um, and so there are, like, theories out there about the different levels of the house representing different levels of Norman's consciousness. Having watched the movie now, I think they're kind of ridiculous, but I was curious if you guys had heard about those, if you had any thoughts about those. That sounds like reaching to me. Like, they're. I don't know if I can, right off the top of my head right now, like point to any, anything specific, but there are like many moments where, like, I read a dissertation about a movie or a show or a book or whatever, and I'm like, I really think you're reading into it too much. You know, like, I really think you're being like a weird conspiracy theorist right now. Yeah. That may be it. 
I'm, I mean, maybe if someone drew out how it works, the way he, like, she's up in the top level as the superego, and then he picks her up and brings her down to the id level in the crux of the movie, like, when he basically, like, shifted, shifts right to the mother persona, like, almost full time. I guess you can, I don't know, I don't know how that works, yeah. but you can start drawing yeah. theories. I just, like, I remember that was one of the only things that I knew about this movie going in, um, that I knew that I knew going in was, I remember uh, there's, like, a philosopher, uh, I forget his first name, but his last name is, like, Zizek. He's, like, Polish or Czech or something. Um, I've heard this name before. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. He, he actually has a, a, a series, I think it came out on the BBC or something, called uh, A Pervert's Guide to Cinema which I recommend if anybody's ever interested. Mm. Um, and he did like an episode. <laughs> <laughs> he did. I mean, his whole concept is that like cinema is by its nature, like a voyeur's medium, which, uh, you know, fair oh, enough. Yeah, I, I get that. Um, Stories I'd say in general are that why else would you be reading them other than for titillation for thought, you know, your thoughts being provoked. It's a, it's voyeuristic yeah. by its very nature. I'd say. So I, I guess my, my sort of follow-up question is like, do you guys think that this movie, I think it's really well directed and I think it's really um, thrilling if you come in not knowing anything about it. Boop, boop. But do you think that it's anything, like do you think that it has value outside of entertainment? I guess that was my question. Because I wasn't thrilled by it, right? Like I did, I was not surprised. Um, and so I, I found myself thinking about things like, ah, the story structure is a little loose and wobbly. And like, I don't think this psychoanalytic thing pays out. And I was wondering if you guys took anything away from it. I sort of artistically, I think I would probably have to watch it again to, you know, with, with that in mind, Cause watching it for the first time, I was definitely focused primarily just on, on the story and, and the entertainment of it. Um, sure. So I think if I went in with, uh, you know, a more analytical approach, I might get something out of it. I mean, there were definitely a lot of, you know, from an artistic standpoint, there were a lot of scenes that I thought were like shot beautifully and, and really cool. And I thought some of the dialogue was, was interesting, but I don't, I was, I was mostly entertained by it, I think. So you, are you talking about like how, how the movie might be trying to tell a message bigger than the story itself? Or like how yeah, the I mean, story I, might be trying to convey like I, I think I think like a movie or a story it can be entertainment, it can be artistic in the sense that it's trying to like tell a bigger truth. Um and I you know, nothing against movies that are just entertainment. I love entertaining movies. I'm just curious, um I I guess because I went in having seen this theory before that like, you know, Norman Bates and his house represented the human psyche and was trying to like, I don't know, encapsulate who we all are on some level. I was looking for, for bigger themes. Um, and I'm not sure I came away with any, which is not a, a knock against the movie. I think it's like a really well shot and I'm sure very thrilling movie uh, if you go in not knowing anything. I was just curious if you guys got anything that I didn't get, I guess is what I'm asking. I will say that the you know, uh, 
the last scene so after the twist after norman gets brought in and they have that um uh psychoanalyst the exposition dump <laughs> oh yeah, my and he, he kind of talks psychoanalyst about... <laughs> i'm that... dr exposition yes that fucking guy. <laughs> and he does this weirdly like, he's talking to the sister of a very very recently deceased woman and he's like the fascinating thing about the killer of your sister is blah 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 and Really, he was he was titillated by her and blah blah blah. I'm like you yeah. have no bedside manner at all with these, <laughs> with these people. Like he he literally she said, "Is my or did he kill my sister?" And he says, "Yes and no," <laughs> and then takes like another like minute and a half to explain like, "Oh yeah, your sister's dead." I'm just like jacking off in the corner about this psychotic. He, it's like he was grandstanding to a jury who was not there. Like it felt like he was doing this. Um, I need to keep watching movies from this podcast, but that, uh, fuck, the Jimmy Stewart, um, uh, uh, I really can't remember the, the movie right now, but. Oh, uh, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington. Yes, that one. It's like he was yeah. doing, it's like he's yeah. doing his. <laughs> Nailed it. Ten points to Matt. <laughs> boop, boop, boop. Uh, so it's like he was doing a scene from that, like he was being Jimmy Stewart, like, and another thing. I'm in, about... uh, I'm in House Ravenclaw, by the way, just so you put those points in the right place. Oh, you Ravenclaw? I don't know. I've never actually done the test, but that's what I imagine I would be. Half a puff. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you are? No, I'm Slytherin. What? Yeah. Oh yeah. No, sure. actually, that tracks. That makes. I sense. I could totally see that. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't know how to feel about you guys agreeing so quickly. But okay. <laughs> I mean, you are the guy that gets a raging hard on every time somebody whispers to you. ASMR is a real thing man okay don't judge me for that but you're right <laughs> Devin. what house would you be in oh i did take the test before wait gryffindor you're talking yeah about that's right there's yeah. no real sorting you're hat. so what fucking you boring about? no let's not gloss over this Devin. what are you talking about test what you know like you put on the sorting hat tyler leave it there <laughs> did the hat say hufflepuff no sorting house test <laughs> Is that like something yeah, online? Exist. Like the yeah. they're online. Yeah, I mean it was years ago, but yeah. What did you, what did you say yours was? Uh, Matt called it. It's it's Gryffindor. Just because yeah, I'm everyone wants to be Gryffindor. Yeah, but it was it was for the wrong reasons. It's because I'm like uh, a hopeless dreamer. <laughs> so what? They're not they're not realistic. Yeah, let's not get into this. Let's uh, <laughs> let's this movie podcast. next week. Harry Potter. <laughs> I don't know if I'd say that's a seminal film. At least, maybe twenty years from now. Let's watch. Oh my god! All eight in one go. Okay, let's do ratings. We're there, right? Yeah. yeah sure. Uh, yeah. Why not? Uh, go, Tyler. Uh, somebody, Tyler, go first. You want me to go first? Yeah. You always, you always go last. You go first, Tyler. I want to give it. Hmm. I really like this movie a lot, even though this is a you know second time I saw it. Um, and you know I was going to get into this. We got sidetracked by Harry Potter, but <laughs> I was going to get into like the like how how movies have like a broader um, message about them. I kind of look to you, Matt, for that because I think the way my brain works, uh, you know, this is kind of an inside joke, but the Tyler work thing might be a factor <laughs> into it. Like I really look at the the way that the each scene is shot the way that each actor delivers their lines. Um, 
like I, I, I like the, the, the nitty gritty of the movie and I kind of like when I'm watching a movie I kind of lose sight of like maybe this bigger broader sense of it and like the message it's trying to tell as a whole I, I like the movie as a, just a straight story I put myself in the shoes of the main characters um, and so this movie I think because it was very straightforward to me it was very just like there's a woman who did something um, regrettable and then, like, while she, like, right before she decides to, like, go back on it uh, and try to return the money, she gets murdered. And it's, like, this big twist. Like, it, it just seems like a very straightforward, like, there's a, like, it's called Psycho. It's about a psycho. And he kills people, and then he's caught. And the, and the twist is that he was his mother. Like, I don't know if there's a bigger, broader message to it. I don't think there is. Maybe if you want to really read into it. I kind of appreciate it for that. Like, I think movies like that like um the new judge dread movie that's maybe there's a bigger message but it's like a day in the life of a judge you know um or the raid it's just like these ass you know these 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 uh these military guys go into a building and fight from floor to floor to floor to floor to floor and and kill a bunch of like uh you know nasty people like i kind of like straightforward stories maybe my brain is just wired that way but i really really like this movie so i'm gonna give it a nine Wow. Yep. Wow. A nine. Yep. I love this movie. <laughs> That's cool. It's because of the side boob, right? It's all about the side boob, bro. <laughs> uh, in the violent murder scene. In the fact that maybe I could play Norman Bates in a movie. Maybe that helps. I don't know. Actually, yeah, I'd buy that. <laughs> I'd buy that for a dollar. <laughs> 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 all right, Matt, why don't you go next? Matt Mack is next. Oh, it's Devin. The um, <laughs> beautifully shot. Uh, I had I thought the the writing was kind of weak sometimes, like Doctor Exposition, Cowboy Businessman Exposition. It's a little clunky sometimes. Um, yeah, it got a little clunky, but I like the the cinematography. I thought was really great. Mm. Um. I liked a lot of the old-fashioned uh, practical lighting that they used instead of, uh, like, a lot of the fill lights were really weak, so you'd get these really interesting shadows on people's faces. Oh, yeah. Um, I didn't mention it while we are talking, but, like, the way that the, the house was shadowed, um, the scene where Sam and Lila were talking in the in the hardware store, and you can just basically, they're just silhouettes. Um, yeah. The mother, you know, Norman dressed as his mother in the shower scene. The way that he's yeah. just a silhouette. Yeah. Sorry. There's a lot of really beautiful uh, cinematography in this movie. Um, I don't know. I, I have a hard time separating what I brought into it from what it is. So, like, I didn't actually enjoy the experience that much. Because I was just kind of waiting for it to be over because I knew all the twists. Hmm. Um, I would say 7.5. Very solid, very good movie. I think it's probably really excellent if you've never seen it. Um, but I, in particular, didn't have like the the minutes didn't fly by. I was I was waiting for it to be over. So, like with you saying that, I'm I'm really interested in how Devin feels about it. Uh, so coming in blind to the movie, um, I was totally engaged through the entire film. Um, th at the very beginning when uh, 
uh, that opening. He's gonna give it a ten. <laughs> that opening scene, Sam has like some kind of. He has like that classic staring out the window scene, and I thought that was a little, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I was like, oh god, this is gonna be the entire movie. But then I was totally, uh, that, that totally, uh, I got over it pretty quickly, um, and was really engaged. I thought all the acting was just went up from there, um, and I really liked the characters and the the twist at the end, which totally had me uh, because I have never heard anything about the plot before i was like oh shit <laughs> i was really really actually genuinely surprised by that um and, and yeah no I, I was really engaged through the whole whole film and and you know I, I, everything that both of you said um i definitely watch movies more similar to tyler where i like just the the story of it primarily um and you know just just even if it's just a small snippet of this this one story in this small motel in the middle of nowhere uh you know i i I like just to follow it um so yeah for me i would probably give it a solid nine oh nice oh i'm not gonna give it a 10 because i'm still waiting i think we're too early (laughs) to start handing out you're saving yourself (laughs) but uh it's it's not a perfect movie but it's yeah to me it's close yeah it's it's pretty close for me too um i really really liked it i thought it was pretty awesome yeah i'm really uncomfortable the dynamic that's developing where i'm like the the stick in the mud (laughs) i like it you've been more critical for every film right so far um have you ever scored high? No, I think I think I scored the highest on Metropolis. Right. That's right. I think you did. No, wait. Yeah. Didn't I score the same as you? Yeah, actually. You and I did have like two movies in a row where we scored the same. Someone needs to listen um, to all of them and so we can like mark it down. <laughs> all five. <laughs> what a feat. <laughs> um Yeah, okay. I can I can do that. I like being. I, I know we. I've already brought this up before, but I like being the wild card, bitches. Yeah. <laughs> um. All right. Yeah. This is this may be one of my favorite episodes we've done so far. This is, this is pretty great. The discussion, the movie itself, um, the season that we're in, the fact that I'm not um, blackout drunk during it. Yeah, pretty great. <laughs> you remember this one? <laughs> yeah, I'll. I will remember this one. <laughs> Uh, Do our outro music, Tyler. Nope, not yet, because Devin needs to oh, right. his movie for next week. I'm just sh- I'm shooting off early. Right, you guys ready? Little Norman Bates <laughs> over just here. Shooting off everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so so the surprise is I forgot to pick one. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Ta da! Well that's fine. So next week, uh when we do the episode I say next week, that's for us. For you guys listening, there's going to be like a dump of like five. Uh, wait, are we going to release one by one? Maybe this is a conversation for air, off air. This but is like, an off air conversation. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Next week, next week uh, will be a mystery then. We'll. Uh... <laughs> wait, we're not going to make Devin pick one here like extemporaneously? Uh, we can cut and I can look and come back. <laughs> Let's do it right now. What? Devin, um, pull up a list. Okay, hold on. Of like. The, the best movies or whatever and uh i'll do uh i'll do some music 
All right, hold hold on, folks. We're gonna we're gonna cut here and be right back live. <laughs> I burped live by the okay, way. Okay, so uh, for those for those who don't know, I just said those two words on opposite sides of our break. Devin has decided because he is not a useless sack of shit. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Who is also, by the way, creepily sitting in complete darkness, and all we can see is the light from his laptop lighting up his face. I don't know if that's on purpose because we're doing a horror movie. I'm keeping with the it, theme. Yeah, it's real weird. It's not even all that dark outside, by the way. <laughs> yeah, all my shades are drawn. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Devin, what are we watching next week? Okay, because none of us have seen it all the way through, and to stick with the horror theme, I am picking the original Night of the Living Dead. Yeah. Woohoo! George Romero. He just died recently. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he's the living dead? I think he's just. He, I think he's the sleeping dead. Seriously, how many people do you think made that joke at his wake and or funeral? Because like I would have made it a lot. That's why you're not invited to funerals. <laughs> yeah. Among other reasons. People should have put like cinder blocks on his casket. Like, look, it's just in case he tries to. Get up, <laughs> just <there>. in case. <laughs> <laughs> We're gonna have a lot of uh, better safe than sorry. Before we go, jokes. by the way, I want to. I have a request, Matt, as the uh, as our resident editor. There's a moment. I don't know if you guys caught it, but there's a moment at the near the end of the movie of of Psycho, uh, when Norman shows up and it's the big reveal. He's like, ah, I am the psychopath. I'm the titular psycho, and he's got the kitchen knife. He's he's wielding it. He's doing that weird face. The subtitles say, "I'm Norman Bates." Like that's what he's saying. And then I've rewound it for like five times, and it kind of sounds like that's what he's saying. And it's a really strange moment. Really, that makes no sense. Yeah, like he comes in, he's like rah with the knife, and then he's like getting tackled by by Sam, and he's going. And he says, like, in the subtitles it says it, and I kind of, I hear it too, but it's, like, really slurred. He goes, I'm Norman Bates. <laughs> like, why? That's so weird. <laughs> like, so you, you just want the audio right here? Right here. I want you to play it, and then we can go back and listen to it when, the, when you finish the episode. See, like, just just so, you, so everyone knows how weird it sounds and how kind of out of place it is and how it <laughs> almost sounds like they wanted to keep some audio in but they kind of wanted to like lower it and kind of like almost mask that line because it makes no sense and it's really cheesy and weird and out of the place. But yeah, he's like, I'm Norman okay. Bates. <laughs> it's really yeah, I, instead of outro music this week, I'll just put that in. Well, how about this for outro music? I'm Norman Bates. I'm Norman Bates. I'm Norman Bates. I'm Norman Bates. Because it kind of sounds like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's that slurred. Bye, bye, folks. Bye, everybody. Bye.